What's up, everybody? Welcome to Spax Attack. It's Friday, heading into a long holiday weekend. Uh, not a ton out there to talk about, but we're going to dive in. We're going to look at our watch list. We're going to talk about some SPACs that are moving, maybe some ideas for the, the next month and some of the best performers year to date. So uh, stay tuned. This is SPACs Attack. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. What's up, everybody? Yeah, welcome to SPACs Attack. Uh, you know, uh, again, a Friday heading into a holiday market um, usually tends to be a slower day out there. Um, but there's still some stuff to talk about. We're going to dive in. So, uh, uh, Mitch, what, what's going on, brother? What uh, you know, what are you looking forward to this this holiday weekend? Hold up, hold up, hold up. I need to make some changes here. Let's 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 go to the real show here. Well, boom, <laughs> a little blue action there. And uh, I got to I got to change up this background here. We're on the wrong show here. Let's let's figure this out here. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to talk about today. I want to talk about what I, you know, we're going to look back. We're going to see what was the top SPAC. But, yeah, finding winners in the SPAC industry is definitely difficult, right? I mean, it, it was at first an easy task. Now it's become difficult. What it's really all about is looking at the investment, right? The long term of the stock. How are the partnerships matching up? How is the revenue matching up? And also, do they have an ability to innovate and keep pushing on the growth? Um, we'll talk a little bit about that when we get towards our watch list and check out different stocks. But Chris, I, I'm not mad right now. I mean, I've had a couple of stocks that have done really well for me in the SPAC industry. And I think what it's all about is that, you know, you, you can't just get everything right now. You have to try to stick in the ones that are in the trending areas. But I, I don't know about you, Chris. I've had some good profits in the last well, month or two. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I know one of the big things you focus on, Mitch, is, you know, sectors. So uh, I think that's important with SPACs. You know, we're seeing a lot of companies go public in, you know, what I would call some of the the trendier sectors, right? Ones that can move on news or, you know, an infrastructure bill. So, you know, when all your EV companies, you know, start to move up together or all your sports betting companies start to move up together, you can kind of pick and choose, right? The the winners, the potential laggard plays. And, you know, I think those are the areas where I've done well is, you know, some of these EV plays, some of these sports betting plays. I know, Mitch, that you have been in as well. Um, you know, again, hundreds and hundreds of SPACs out there, lots that haven't found targets, some that have, some that have de spacked they're, they're not all going to be winners. We're going to see some drop below $10. That's the name of the game, right? Um, it's a different market than it was last year when we started this show and everything was going up on these deal announcements. So now I think you really need to do your research and really need to, you know, pay attention and find the high conviction plays. I know that's what I'm doing, um, you know, for my personal portfolio. Wait, hold on. There's a secret. I didn't know it, Chris. Did you know that all you had to do was just be taking the Joe Rogan horse medicine? <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know what happened there in the chat. <laughs> I read that I had to call it out. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead. Let's get into some headlines, Chris. As you guys can see, we have some interesting fans out here. So like always, guys, smash the like if you guys enjoy us. We definitely try to enjoy the day. And let's go ahead. Let's knock out some headlines. 
All right, guys. Yeah, I mean, there there is not a ton to talk about today, and we definitely want to spend a lot of time on our watch list going through some of the tickers and then also time for ticker time later where you guys can drop those tickers in the chat and, and we'll try to offer up some uh, news or a story or a chart on them. We do have a couple ticker changeovers happening today. So CHAQ becomes uh, RCOR. Um, so definitely watch that on the, the ticker changeover, the new name. This is Renovacor. It looks like we're trading at 841 right now. So already down from that $10 level. And then we also have uh, Redwire, which was GNPK, uh, is now trading as RDW. Uh, I'm seeing shares at 1050. This is one that I like, right? A space infrastructure play. It helps missions to Mars. Helps missions, you know, to all over in space, um, almost like a mini space ETF by itself. Um, so RDW definitely, you know, on my watch. Um, it's and, breaking out, Chris. Oh, is was. that breaking? Oh man, look at that see, breakout. see, I look at that. And and I didn't, I didn't play started, this one either. Eleven oh five. This one's just started ripping from eleven forty all the way up to thirteen now, and the volume that came in there was twenty six thousand about 27,000 shares. Uh, let me get a thousand of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, guys in the chat, let me know if, if you are in Redwire. Again, this is one that I've talked about for a while. It's been one of my sp favorite space plays, right? Because they're involved with the infrastructure. They're, they're a thing behind the thing, helping other space companies. They power the missions. Uh, I think this one's going to get some analyst love. I think it's going to be included in some space ETFs, right? Maybe a UFO grabs a position in it. So I wouldn't be surprised to see this one uh, continue the run, although it's probably going to pull back from that level today because um, that is a significant jump on day one for AD spacking right now. But definitely on my watch list, RDW. And we do have one vote today. So this is SOAC. SOIC, of course, merging with Deep Green uh, Metals. That is the underwater sea mining company. Um, we haven't gotten a redemption amount yet. This is one that I actually think could see heavier redemption. The reason being that they they don't anticipate revenue until 2024. Um, you know, maybe last year that was okay with some of these specs, but I really think these pre-revenue companies, um, you know, especially a couple years away. I just think they're out of favor. I, I just don't think the market is going to pour into them. With that being said, if it does see heavy redemption, you, of course, could see a one-day spike. So be careful chasing this thing, you know, either side of the coin. But definitely think we're going to see some big movement today. And we do have some uh, pipe uh, S1s filed, which means that the uh, pipe shareholders can, um, you know, start selling their shares depending on restrictions under the deal. So uh, Joby Aviation, that's J-O-B-Y, uh, Tabula, T-B-L-A, and Berkshire Gray, B-G-R-Y. So what do we got on the chart there? So Joby, um, you know, definitely in a downtrend. Again, that means that we could see the float go up significantly as those pipe shares come in, um, which could mean that it takes more to get those shares to go up. Um, and then Taboola actually, uh, you know, not that impacted right now. Um, you know, again, the, the pipe 
it doesn't necessarily mean that these pipe shareholders are going to unload their position. I mean, there you see with Berkshire Gray falling. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to unload all those shares today. It just means that now they have the ability to sell their pipe shares, right? And a lot of the cases, you know, this was $10, but also some of these investors got their shares for free or they bought in, you know, prior to the SPAC deal and maybe their cost basis is under $10. So you could see some selling pressure on these. Remember, we just had that with Lucid, right? LCID, that the S1 was filed, that the pipe had been unlocked. And then we saw shares drop significantly, right? Almost down to $15. They have since rebounded. We'll take a look at LCID with the watch list. But the S1 for the pipes is definitely something, um, you know, to pay attention to in the SPAC story. Then we did get one new deal vote. Uh, GLEO, G-L-E-O, will vote on its merger with Shapeways on September 28th. This is another 3D printing Um, You know, again, we talked sectors. There are a lot of 3D printing companies going public via SPAC or already have de-SPAC. But keep an eye out on this one. It has, uh, you know, traded over 10, um, you know, decently since the deal was announced, but pretty, pretty flat um, for a while now. But that, that merger vote date squeaking in in the month of September on the 28th. Then uh, sharing a statistic here from our friend Julian Klamachko. So he tweeted out that there are 445 SPACs searching for a business combination with an average of 480 days until expiration. Given that supply, there should be at least five SPAC mergers announced per week. There was one SPAC deal announced this week. And Mitch, I think last week we saw three so we're currently, you know, trending below that average, and you're also getting new SPAC IPOs still. So, you know, I, again, I think we need to clear out the SPACs that are already out there. We need to stop issuing these new SPAC IPOs, and we need to get some of these deals done um, or, you know, liquidate some of these SPACs out there. 445 SPACs searching for a With that being said, there was a couple new SPAC IPOs today. One that caught my eye on Benzinga Pro was OXUSU. That's the units. So they priced at $10, of course, which is the normal uh, unit pricing. They're actually trading at at $10.05 when they hit the market open. So they were actually up. We haven't seen that a ton with these IPOs where the SPACs actually trade over $10. So... um, It's a smaller one, but uh, one on my radar for that reason. It looks like it had a lot of interest. Then we do have a rumor out there. Um, No ticker attached yet, but Chinese electric vehicle startup Iconic is in talks uh, with a a SPAC to go public at a $4 billion valuation. That rumor coming from Bloomberg. So Iconic was founded in 2016. Um, Its partners include Magna, right, who we've talked about before with uh, their Fisker relationship, and also Microsoft. So that's interesting, right, that it has a partnership with Magna and Microsoft already underway. Um, It plans to launch the Iconic 7 Series multi-purpose vehicle by the end of 2023, um, which could mean that it's trying to go public, you know, to to lock down financing, uh, you know, prior to that. 
And then the last uh, headline, just have to give a shout out, um, you know, in case he's watching, Mitch, I, I, I'm sure he's a busy guy, but one name we talk about a lot, right? Chamath Polyhoptia. So happy birthday to Chamath Polyhoptia. He turns 45 today. Um, so, of course, I threw up the tickers there from his first six uh, SPACs. We have Virgin Galactic, SPCE, Open Door, OPEN, Clover Health, CLOV, IPOD still searching for a target, SOFI, SOFI, and IPOF still searching for a target. Maybe we get a birthday present today, although going into a holiday weekend, I don't expect any deals announced at four today, but uh, happy birthday to Chamath. Uh, what, what do you think, Mitch? What do you want from me? What do you want from me, guys? It's I'm trying birthday. to do my best. I want a what deal. Do you want from me? Give us a deal on your birthday. <laughs> That's what I wanted to wake up to today. And Mitch, with that being said, if you can pull up uh, IPOF, we, we talked about well, let's this. Take a look. We talked about this was that yesterday. IPOF is seeing some interesting volume, right? And it's also seeing some loads on some call options. Mm. It, so what are we at? 1016. So I mean, this is one that traded at a heavy premium before, right? And then it came below $10, like the other SPACs. Yep. Now we're getting that uptrend over $10. Uh Mitch, I, there's some rumors out there of who IPOF could be merging with. Um, those rumors are not from a definitive source. So I don't know if I necessarily want to get into the rumors, but I definitely think that with this volume and interest, I think a lot of people are betting that we could get a deal announced from IPOF uh, very, very soon. What, what does that chart tell you with that, that volume and that interest? Where is Chamath? Where is Chamath? Where is Chamath? Uh, we got to start a song. Uh, but definitely, <laughs> I'm going to be looking to see if IPOF can get a push here. Remember when this first popped, Chris? I always said that, you know, $10, $10 are those levels that you just want to be close to. Um, it's going to give you an ability to at least when the announcement's made, I still going to expect some sympathy in, in this name. So, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't be mad at you if you're trying to get closest to ten right now and take a shot. I mean, even if it's just rumors, rumors. What we buy the rumor and we sell the news, guys. There you go. So that's why I think it's it's an interesting fact here. I would want it to fill this gap because it gapped up today, up there towards an uh, open of ten twenty one. So we opened up about right here, guys. And so now I needed to fill this gap down. And then I'd take an attempt. So let's say if we get back to like 10.04 or 10.05, then I could take a shot off of like maybe 9.95 and give this a whirl. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. But I mean, I, I am long IPOF. I also have some warrants. Um, this is one where at the $10 level, I really thought looked really interesting, right? You were betting on Chamath, who's got a good history in the SPAC world. And also, you know, you had a low risk, right? Ultimately, you can still redeem these shares at net asset value. Um, you know, when you look at that chart and what kind of premium this thing used to trade at, $10 looked like a great entry point, right? And now even with the big interest today and that heavy volume, I mean, you're still only at 1016. So again, your, your downside is limited, the big question is if a deal is announced, even if it's with a, you know, spectacular hype company, which could be the rumors, right? 
you know, how much could it go up, right? What was the last time we saw a SPAC deal, you know, have a double digit jump in its deal announcement day? We haven't seen that in a while, Mitch. So I don't know, you know, how high this thing can go, even on a good deal announcement. But I will say, we, we talked about it before. The rumor for IPOF before was a uh, gym owner and Peloton rival uh, Equinox, right? That deal got called off or the talks ended. That rumor, you know, never came to fruition. I still think that Chamath has some sort of, you know, redemption in mind, right? He, he was the face of SPACs. He kind of went away. We saw Clover Health, you know, kind of dump below $10, right? I, I still think he wants to knock it out of the park with his next deal announcement. And, and obviously everyone does, right? With their SPAC, you know, announcement. But I just really feel, and IPOF has a pretty decent amount of cash, right? This is, a, I think, over a billion dollars. Um, I just still think they, they land a big deal because Chamath really, really wants that redemption. What do you think? I mean, at the end of the day, it has a lot of money, right? So the company that they're going to go after, IPOF, is not going to be something small. It needs to be something big. And there's still some good names out there. I'm still waiting for the day that I hear Stripe going public. And I and I am like this, the day that I hear that, because that's a good company. I thought PSTH was going to get that. And the only reason I didn't outreach and just go for PSTH was just because it was too expensive in my eyes. Uh, but if if I would have known definitively that it would have been Stripe, I probably even would have took a shot myself. So there's some good names out there, guys. Don't believe that there's nothing out there. There is. The question is, can these SPACs get the good companies that are left private? Yeah, and Mitch, we got a couple comments in the chat there. Uh, that that one from David there, IPOF, look at the call volume today for September 17th. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. So not only are we seeing the heavy volume in the common, I saw, I saw heavy volume in the warrants and also heavy call buying, right? So mm-hmm. people are anticipating a deal to be announced soon. Or they're thinking that if this deal is announced, you know, shares are going to spike. You know, again, I don't know how quickly we get a deal announcement, but based off of that volume, you you know, I I feel like either everyone is anticipating it or someone knows. And and then also we have uh, Thuk asking about IPOD. IPOD has been quieter, right? Um, That one hasn't seen, I think that one is over 10 again. Um, Oh, 10, 12. So having a decent day today. Um, you know, so again, oh, that one's getting some volume. So, I mean, it, it looks like, you know, people think Chamath has been out of the spotlight for too long and he's ready to, uh, to jump back in. So, uh, again, closure, I do own IPOD and IPOF. Um, I don't know, Mitch, I, I'm hoping we get a deal, but again, we've got a holiday weekend. So the market's closed Monday. I think Tuesday is going to be a quiet day, right? So, like, what would be the best time to announce a SPAC deal? I feel like next week, given the holiday, isn't going to be the best time. Yeah, I don't think uh, given the holiday is going to be the best. Um, I'm trying to find his tweet from last week. I'm trying to find it. I know he said he had given out a tweet that some people were, you know, just – Facing rumors. He was talking awful. about unicorns in a tweet, right? Is that the yeah, one? Yeah. 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 And then it was he was about social capital and how and they then, backed a ton of unicorns. And he said something about more. Did he say like more to come or more, 
something. I, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. Like, oh, and, here it is. I found it. You guys, I, I try to work for you guys. Let's go. Yeah. Chamath definitely here hasn't shied away from uh, sharing on Twitter. So. so look, look here. He he put out this one. He put, he said, yay. P.S. We've been baking a new batch. And this is the comment that has really, I think, started the frenzy again. Um, so whether that means, oh, we're going to come out with some new specs, whether that means he's going to go after the healthcare ones that he talked about, or does that mean that he's going for IPOF or IPOD? I think there's a lot that you can kind of twist and turn that comment around, but I think that's what really got everyone hyped. Chris, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. I, I think, you know, anytime he tweets and gives a little hint like that, it definitely starts the speculation. Um, also, we have some big unicorns um, hiring investor relations people. Um, anytime a company does that, it tends to lead to them wanting to go public, either IPO or SPAC. And again, I don't want to name the names per se, because it's not a definitive rumor. Um, but there's definitely some names being circulated online. Um, and again, there's some pretty big unicorns out there. Um, so interesting to see what happens. So we will be here to cover it all, though, um, you know, as it happens. So, Mitch, uh, again, happy birthday to Chamath. But I think, you know, we've given him enough time today. Um, we should look at some other stocks on our watch list. Let's do it. Let's get to the watch list, guys. You guys do us a favor. Let us know what you guys want to check out in the watch list. What do you have moving today? That's what we're all about. All right, Chris. So I'm seeing a couple of stocks up. Of course, we can talk about KPLT. Uh, right off the top, this one has been moving recently, trying to fill the gap, as I always talk about, how we've been seeing a lot of these uh, gap plays. And and this this is exactly what I like to see. So looking to make its move to 781, finally got through that 588 today and then held above that. That's what you want to see, a close above that 588, showing you coming up towards that gap. Yeah, and, you know, this is an interesting one. Uh, we, we talked about it recently, right? The reason why it's moving and getting the volume now is they do have a relationship with a firm, right? This is a buy now, pay later company. And their partnership with the firm is that if a firm rejects a person due to credit, they get sent an offer from Catapult. So how does that play in right now to the news? Well, a firm signed a deal with Amazon. So again, Catapult doesn't have a deal with Amazon, but there is a lot of speculation that they're going to get a piece of that pie. There was a note out from an analyst today mentioning Catapult. Um, you know, again, Mitch, there, there's not a deal in place. They're not a partner with Amazon. So I caution a little bit, right, chasing this. Um, you know, but again, that relationship with the firm, they also have a relationship with Wayfair, which has seen, you know, some big buying from people. But again, I mean, this thing was way out of favor. And now you're really seeing the big spike, you know, from the Affirm news. So in, in this case, the volume fill there, but also this could be a, a, a buy the rumor, sell the news because I mean, the rumor's already out there. And unless if we get a press release saying that Catapult signed with Amazon, I just don't know how much higher we can go here. But I think this was a heavily shorted one as well. So obviously, 
you know, it's going to get mentioned by uh, some traders out there too. All right, let's go ahead and take a look at the next stock. We'll take a look at Rocket Labs. It's been uh, pushing on up here. Nice little breakout there through the 12s. Now looking strong. Um, we always talk about how we need that multiple resistance try. You got this last little push here in the 24th. It washed out right to the support. And what did it do? Turned right back around after what? Three attempts to break support. Talk about this. I feel like a, uh, sometimes a, a broken record here. But, I mean, just look at it. This day, this day, this day. Three wicks down the through the support, giving you that look that, hey, we're breaking down, we're breaking down. No, we turn right back around, then give you a really big bullish engulfing candle here. Whenever you got that small red candle and then you get a huge green candle to come all the way up, even through prior candles like this, that's a really strong sign. RKLB really pushing on up there now at a high today of 1345. Yeah, I mean, it's a space stock that's looking real good, right? Uh, Mitch, maybe this is one that really just needed to do that ticker changeover. I mean, look at before that big circle, you've got how flat that was trading, right, for a while. Flat. That was all through the the deal process, right? They mm -hmm. announced their merger vote date. They, they had news, right? They still couldn't move the stock a ton on their news until they got that changeover to the new name, the new ticker, and got through the vote process. So another example how some of these SPACs, you know, it, it's all about the de-SPACing phase now, right? Once they complete that deal, they have their new name, their new ticker. Um, you know, I think they definitely get more interest from investors now. Monthly charts, right? Monthly support held well. This is why I like the monthlies for the SPACs. And I'm starting to stick to it, Chris. I'm, I'm going to try to do my best to not be so much into the daily charts and focusing on the daily movements because these do have high volatility. If you look here, Rocket Lab was essentially trading between, let's say, 11 and 10 multiple days where it just goes like down, up, down, up, down, up, down, up. What you need to be able to do there is have a deeper time frame so that you can pull back the risk a little bit. You know, you don't want to be doing, let's say, 25 cent risk on a stock that on average makes dollar up, dollar down, all dollar up, dollar down. And so this is what I want to talk to. But a lot of traders are just probably going way too big in sizing if you're trading these and you're getting stopped out. So just be careful kind of learn that these are making the longer time frame moves. And I think one of the big part of this is like you mentioned, Chris, anything that can give it a catalyst, like a changeover of ticker, anything like the S1s, those are the major moments where we need to be paying attention to the stock and giving ourselves an ability to uh, have a little bit of room in that risk. So to have room in risk, you need to really worry about your entry. It can't be on resistance. It's probably going to need to be on that support to give you an ability to get through the volatility. Right, definitely. I mean, it, it's always nice to pay attention to the story and the chart, you know, all through the SPAC cycle, right, that we talk about. Definitely. I mean, there's another wave. There's always waves miles starting to push up the question is can it get into the gap zone so the gap zone here was from 556 up to about 669 um, we're gonna see if it can get on up there having to move up but i'm just not so sure about this one chris what are you thinking 
Yeah, you know, Mile has really surprised me, right? You got some big names. You got Chamath in on the pipe. You got Mark Cuban as an investor. They reported earnings. Their earnings weren't amazing, right? They didn't have that huge growth that people wanted to see. They're still not in every state. Um, I, I love the story, right, of paper mile insurance, but they just their growth has slowed down, um, which now that they're public, I think it's just going to fall out of favor. Um, but we will get another earnings report, and I think that could be, you know, the the line in the sand of what this company has going forward. Yeah, I like the idea and the story itself. Don't like the fundamentals and technicals. And you guys know how I try to combine all three. If two tell me no, one tells me yes, what does that become? A no, guys. So for right now, as much as I like it, as much as I want to trade this one, I'm going to stay out of mile. All right, let's go ahead. Let's look at the next one. Rover, Rovi, send me Rover. What, how does that game go, Chris? I know you probably played uh, that game. Red, Red Rover, Red Rover, send Mitch right over, I believe is how that went. Oh I'm my coming. gosh. I'm, I'm back coming. in I'm back in elementary school right now having flashbacks. <laughs> Am I going to get picked? Am I going to get picked? Oh, crap. I got to run. Oh, I got to run. run. I got to run. run. I got to run. run. I got to run. Hey, oh well, Rover, Rover is making a run here. It looks like someone called him on over because I, I'm starting to really like this chart, Chris. I mean – now that we've switched over and people can look at the ticker and see, oh, the ticker is not N- <laughs> NEBC or, or what? Or, yeah, NEBC, it's, I it's think. It's actually yep. Rover. It, yep. it, it makes sense now. And I know what that, I know what that, I know what Rover means. I, I've used Rover before. I think this is what's happening here. I think some investors actually kind of probably didn't even hear that Rover was public until it switched over. And now that it's really starting to come up on people's radar, I'm liking this name and I'm just a little upset that I don't have $10 cuz I've had this one at 9.95 at yep. one point. I sold it um to put money into another SPAC, but man, I should have just held on to that 9.95 because I would just be hanging pretty right now up over 50% for the day if you held it today. 15.59 was the high. One thing that gave us a little bit of a sign too is yesterday you look at this candle this one went all the way up towards uh, 1559 yesterday, and then today goes up to 1493, giving us a sign that it really is finding some resistance at 15. But I think that's just someone selling. I think that's just as as it rips into the 15s, they're like, oh, I'll take my 50% a little bit off. Oh, I'll take a little, little bit off at 50%. And that's not a bad trade. I mean, for, for Rover in a couple of days to make 50%, not a bad trade. Yeah, and I mean, ultimately, Mitch, it's hitting all-time highs, right? This is one, you know, D-SPAC now is hitting all-time highs. The majority of these SPACs we talk about, they hit their all-time high on deal announcement, right? But when Rover announced their deal, that was when SPACs, you know, had fallen out of favor. Um, We've got this comment from, uh, I don't know here. So had someone stay at our house for a week to watch our pup and went so well. Uh, you know, you guys talked about the story with the puppy pandemic play. Uh, nice alliteration there. Puppy pandemic play. I love this company. Um, Mitch, I, I think you're spot on. You just said it right that people might not know that they're public. So for me, I've always liked investing in companies that I use, right? I use their mm-hmm. products. I use their service. I think we saw that a little bit with, you know, when Airbnb and DoorDash and some of these companies went public, right? 
people were so in, interested in investing in the IPO because they knew the company. They had used it and they knew how convenient it made life. Well, that's the same with Rover Group, right? You've said it, Mitch. You know, it's a company that's doing a service that people need and it makes things more convenient. So I I think that, you know, ROVR, now that it's got the new ticker, the new name, like you said, Mitch, I mean, you've been calling this one out for a couple of weeks. And, you know, when it was under 11 and now it's really starting to get the breakout. And we should note, too, we, we talked about it last week that there were some analyst notes, right? So it is definitely getting interest from analysts now because they see the underlying story and the growth of the pet names. Well, uh, another thing, and I was giving insight early into December as I was using the app myself, I kept talking to the kind of the sitters, right? And the sitters kept telling me that no matter what they wanted, the demand was almost too much for them. Uh, they, they got to the point where they were booked for months in advance. This is not what you normally see from a, a pet boarding system, right? I mean, and, and so one of the things also is I think Rover has the advantage that what's the alternative, right? The alternative is going to a bordering, like a a location, right? And people just, for some reason, they just don't trust those, Chris. They don't trust them. They don't trust them with their pets. They'd rather have going to a person that is going to take care of their pet than going to, let's say, a a location where there's going to be like 30 dogs and they're watching 30 dogs. Exactly. Advantage advantage and so i think in the long run when you have a competitive advantage over your competitors those are the specs i want to be in and that's why my friends i'm still in genie because of the competitive advantage and and that's what you got to be looking for in these specs i think that's going to be the most like the signal to really tell you that this is one that you want under your belt look at the competitors do they match up to the competitors or are they just better than the competitor, because if they are, then those are the ones you want to be a part of. Let's go to the next one up. Let's get into, uh, looks like Owlet bouncing back today. Um, not a bad bounce back, but man, this one's been drilled, drilled, drilled down. Chris, I am really starting to get interested in this for a long-term trade. What are you thinking, Chris? Yeah. I mean, I, I like the story. We just talked about it, right? With Rover, right? People are willing to spend money on their pets. They want the convenience. They want, you know, as you said, Mitch, the peace of mind, right? To know that your dog is getting that attention. So Owlet focuses on baby care products. That's another huge industry that people are willing to spend money on, right? You will spend your money to make sure that your baby is sleeping, that they're healthy, that nothing is going to happen to them you will pay that extra money for a premium product that helps with that peace of mind. For me with Owlet too, Mitch, you know, the other thing is we we saw it with Catapult. We've seen it with some of these other names. Once they hit, you know, below like $7, they're becoming more attractive because they're getting interest from, you know, retail traders, people talking about the float, the short percent, and also just that, that bounce, right? Because they're so far under $10 that it, you know, there's room to run back up. So I like Owlet here and I think it could, uh, it could get another leg up. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm sure we're not the only one. There's millions of shares being traded down here. Uh, so I'm going to be looking at this one to bounce back. And I, like you said, when, when you can really see the product getting adopted, that is a huge positive sign because as much as it, as much as we want to, you know, to say, well, what's the alternative? The alternative is I haven't heard much alternative there in the same that can provide the same data. And so with that being said, for the moment, they have a competitive advantage. I'm going to be watching to see if Alec can come back. It's going to be an interesting stock to watch. Definitely. All right, Proterra, we talked about this yesterday. We said on the monthly that this one could be one of those coming back. Looks like we're starting to get some strength. What are you thinking, Chris? Yeah, you know, I, I like this one. I'd like to see more interest in it. I'd like to see more deals, more news out there from them. Um, but I, I'm holding Proterra. I, I like it. Um, and again, another one that has fallen down below um, and I think could get a, a bounce. All right, we'll see if this kind of turns around. You can see it on the monthly, a little bit of a turnaround. If we could close up, it would actually, let's say if we can close towards 1345 for the month. This is going to be looking really bullish with a bullish engulfing candle on the monthly right off of support. So that's exactly what you want to see there. Let's see if it continues to make the move. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into another one. I want to start getting into stocks from the chat, but I'll let you go ahead and pick one or two more here, Chris, from our watch list. What are you thinking? What do you want to bring up? Yeah, so I had, uh, we talked about Catapult. We talked about uh, Rover. Um, Iron, Iron Net, IRNT is up 11% today. That's interesting because this was one of the, uh, the heavy redemption low float names, IRNT, um, it just changed over. Uh, so, you know, this thing had a huge uh, bump up, right, because of that low float heavy redemption, but it has held up well, whereas a lot of these have fallen, you know, after that trade is over. So, I mean, look at that. It did have that huge spike up to like 18-ish. Then it mm -hmm. dropped, but now it's been able to come back, and it really it hasn't fallen under 10 um, so interesting because again, Mitch, a lot of these, you know, high redemption ones, I mean, it's a one day play, right. And then they're, they're done. You, you know, people made their movie and they move or they made their money and they move on. But with IRNT, I think people are liking the story. This is kind of a, a data and AI play, um, which it has been a favorable area. Uh, what do you think? Heavy, heavy volume today. Yeah, 14 is going to be the line in the sand in this one for me. Um, so right off the top, if I go to the hourly, I went back there. You saw I went to the four-hour chart. I only do that sometimes when I feel like, okay, so the hourly looks good. Like it, it looks symmetrical, but I want to see it a little bit more. Is it really holding a pattern there? So that's why I start working my way back. Four hours is uh, is the next step. And then from there, I'd go back to the daily. But if you can see here on the four hour, you can see how we were stuck between, let's say, 1250s or $12 and 14. And we kept like bouncing off these levels, like going up. We came down, up, through it, down, through it, down. Now that, that motion right there and getting us above that 14 with volume, right? Because that's what we want to be seeing. Volume traded on that breakout. Now it's just about holding 14 on this one. If it holds 14, I, I think this this just stays in a bullish uh, 
in a bullish pattern now. So as long as it can keep above 14, I think you can probably get even back up there towards that 18. Let's see uh, what it traded today. Like, let's look on the 15 minute just today. So just today, we got a kind of more of a flag pennant pattern. Just needs to get right back up. And where did it come back to, guys? Look at this low, 1420. What's the low on here? 1399. So it's starting to respect that 14 on downside action. As long as it can hold that, I think it comes back up towards the highs. Nice stock to mention there, Chris, I-R-N-T, Ironet. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get us to 150 likes. Like Sue says, we are definitely working hard. Harry already smashed, born smashed. You guys get on that. And Evil, yes, be looking at those monthlies. There's one thing about it, you know, is that if you're not finding the supports, go back in time frame, back in time frame, see where you're seeing them really hold. And a lot of the times, uh, some traders don't even look at the monthlies. They don't even know they exist. So the bigger traders can pay attention to that and try to attack the smaller trader by doing so. All right, so we got a lot of mentioned in the chat. I'm going to start going through what was mentioned. I know that a lot of stocks. Harry says, loves the show, number one. Hey, we appreciate Thank it, you. Harry. That's what it's all about. Definitely, guys, support us as we support you guys out there. Now, let's go ahead, and I'm going to roll back a little bit, see what was mentioned earlier. Um, I know that uh, some people wanted to talk about RE. Can you just explain what happened with RE? Yeah, so Re Automotive, that was a S1 uh, S1 filing for the pipe lockup as well. So this one was similar to Lucid, right? Where it people knew that the S1 lockup had happened, knew that it was coming. And the first day of trading when that happened, I mean, look at how quickly that fell, right? And, and remember that Re is one of those companies where they're still trying to get partnerships and deals with, you know, EV companies. So they don't have a ton of revenue or even, you know, signed deals yet, right? They're trying to expand their product. So when you combine those two things together that you're seeing the, the pipe investors sell or have the ability to sell, plus you're, you know, still pre-revenue, I, I just think there was too much pressure there. And that's why you're not seeing the bump back up. Um, it, it does look like it's been trading flat now. But I mean, this thing fell in such a hurry. We're what we're, I mean, 559. Um, I, I mean, I just, yeah, this, this one was a huge, huge drop. Yeah, big drop there. And one of the things to state, I mean, is once it comes to, to this kind of stage, I just, I just want to leave it alone for right now. Uh, monthly candles, three candles straight down. Let's see when Reed comes back. But for right now, not in favor for sure. All right, next up, we got uh, Brooke. Brooke has been patiently waiting for SFTW. I can't blame you, Brooke. It's one of my favorite that I'm keeping an eye on. I'm not in it, but I'm definitely keeping an eye on. I'm waiting for the changeover. Chris, what are you thinking here now that we're starting to get close to it? So, Mitch, I'm glad you said changeover, right? Because that is actually the vote is next week on September 9th, which is Thursday. So I would anticipate that the deal gets approved on Thursday, which means we probably won't see the ticker change over until that following Monday. Um, but this is one I, I've liked, right? Just like you, it's you know a, a similar to a space play. It's a satellite play. 
They have some strong relationships. They, of course, just signed that investment and partnership with Palantir. I mean, Peter Thiel backs this company. He's been pretty successful with items that he's backed. Um, I think this thing takes off once it does its changeover. Um, the only thing I would watch is how much redemption it has, um, you know, with the vote as it is trading at 991. And right now there is that arbitrage, you know, opportunity. Um, but I think this thing, once it changes over, is going to get lots of eyes on it. All right, going to keep going here. Let's look at another one. I'm trying to catch one from the chat right here. Which one I want to talk about? Can we next? do uh, SPCE? Uh, it was yeah, let's I, do it. It was I don't know. Um, has mentioned it several times in the chat. So SPCE, Mitch. I don't know if you saw this story. So when I they did. flew to space, right? It has now been circulated that the FAA is investigating because the spaceship actually went outside of the designated parameters. Um, so I don't know how to play that, right? Because, you know, you've done these test flights before. You've never had a problem with it. And then all of a sudden, you know, you've got Sir Richard Branson, um, you know, and these other passengers on and you end up, you know, going out of bounds. Um I think that's a red flag in the FAA. Even if they don't find anything bad, I think it could end up delaying some future flights, right? You know, maybe the FAA says, hey, you can't fly until we, you know, investigate this. And obviously that's bad because it hurts their timeline. But Mitch, I will point out, you know, one of the things that, you know, as you've been, you know, I don't know if I want to say bearish, but you've been, you know, on the other side of Virgin Galactic. And one of the big stories for you has always been, you know, revenue and partnerships. So their their next flight is going to have members from the Italian uh, Air Force go up to space. And that is a revenue producing flight for the company. Right. So that's a big story that Virgin Galactic, you know, they're not just flying up their their founder anymore. They're going to fly and collect that revenue from the Italian Air Force. So I think that could be a big story when that flight happens. But again, that FAA investigation, it's got me on the sidelines and worried a little bit because I think it could really delay their timeline. What do you think, Mitch? Timber. Timber. If we crash. Strong winds. Is that what they, someone said they yeah, said strong Juggernaut, winds. Juggernaut said they, they had strong winds. I mean, hey, well, what, what can I say? What I would say here is that I just, I, and I come back to it. I don't want to be a part of the tourism space move. That's not my cup of tea here, guys. I've never thought about it and been like, oh yeah, just space tourism. Like, like that's a business. Like I can go run that right now, you know? And maybe it's because I don't have a billion dollars, but the, the big thing there to me is that I just don't see the use case really taking off people being like, oh, I went up now, now you need to go. No, I just, I just don't see it there. And now that this has turned around and it's turned around pretty significantly from that last launch, I could see this thing coming back down to 12 and $10. I'm, I'm going to go on a limb here and say that, but I just don't like SPCE. 
not a big fan of the tourism and the only ones I like in space. And I've said this for, I think over two years is satellite, satellite, satellites. If it doesn't have anything to do with satellites, probably I won't be in it. That's just the way I feel because of revenue um, and the issues that can come with something like this, something like this, you know, like they, they just, they just flip it on you and it's not your choice. If, if they're going to get their next flight, guess what? It's the FAA, and if they want to go ahead and just step in, take it away from them, they can. And so with that being said, I'm going to try to stay out of these stocks, the tourism ones. Uh, it's just not for me. And either way, if it's for you out there, then by all means. It, it, it's been a great investment if you look at it year over year. Uh, but this is a stock that I just don't see it ever getting back to $60. But... With that being said, will there be other space stocks that can do well? I do think so. I do think so. You know, we have Ginkgo, we have uh, Osprey, we have Planet. Um, we have so many of them that are going to be in this that I think are going to be creating revenue and getting back up there. But hey, there's always two sides. Chris has liked this one. I haven't liked this one. We'll see what continues. There's been moments when Chris has been dead right about these space flights. I've been saying hands off. But that's how it is, guys. There's always two sides to every investment. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say that, right? If you're sitting on the sidelines for this and waiting for the FAA, uh, I would anticipate that when that next flight happens, you will see another leg up. Remember, that will be a temporary leg up. It will come down after the, the move. But I've been pretty successful at calling out you know, the, the story on this, that it moves on news, right? It moves on the announcement of flights. It moves before the flight. And then it comes down after the flight. If you follow those waves, you can be pretty successful trading this thing too. We'll see what happens with this. I'll tell you one thing. SPCE is a volatility monster. That is for sure. All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep going in the chat. What do you guys got for us? What do you guys want us to take a look at? We got about eight minutes left on the show. want to make sure that we get to some of the ones that you guys want. So out there. What's on your mind and what's moving? Now, one that I will point out down the $10 here. Question is, does it hold the 10 as it's broken be below 10 now recovering 10? FFIE, Chris, what do you think? I mean, this one's a hard one to call. I got to admit, I love the car, but the question is, do they have the marketing behind the vehicle to get it sold? Yeah, the, the big marketing push I saw them, right, was doing that that uh, showroom in New York and getting, you know, the, the word of mouth out. Um, but like you said, Mitch, I do question the marketing a little bit. But ultimately, you know, they're going after that more expensive demographic first. So I think Correct. they might be okay with that first model just based on interest and word of mouth. But after that, I think they're going to need a, a big marketing push to really get their name out there um really grab you know some some word of i mean remember there's heavy competition in the space too i mean you got lucid you got you know tesla and others going after these different price points of vehicles faraday is you know towards the top end and you know i i really want to see more you know marketing from them I agree. I think I'm I'm starting to start changing my view on Faraday. As much as I want to take a ride in the vehicle itself, 
I also understand in the same way I look at Lucid is that the vehicles that are coming out right now are just way too expensive. Let's just be real. How many people are really going to be driving these? And if you are, you're probably uh, not living in a big house because you have your house in your car. So um, I, I got to say, I'm going to be watching this because th let's just be real. How many people can really afford and we can go 100K over, but how many people can afford a 100K car, Chris? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not my car, that's for sure. <laughs> Even if you told me, like, if I had the money and I was going to buy it, I tell you I've driven enough $100,000 cars that I would buy them. Um, I just don't think that you get the value for what you're paying for. But let, let's take a look here. FFIE, we'll see if it holds $10. I did see in the chat body being mentioned. Is it bottoming out? We've talked about it. We've had multiple bottoms right underneath that 750. I need to see some strong volume to come back in this name for me to get in it. But it is looking interesting. We look at the daily multiple times that it's been holding here. I think I'm, I mean, I don't think it's bad to take a shot maybe off 750s here for body, but I think I'm going to wait till Monday to see it get above $8. Let it get back above eight with some strong volume, maybe some news. And then I'll look for a pullback slightly below eight to get in on it, on that song body. All right, Chris, do you see anything in the chat you want to mention here? Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of tickers being mentioned. I also see a lot of non-SPACs uh, being mentioned out there. Um, someone mentioned eToro. We, we talked about that one yesterday that they did hire a new person to run you know, the U.S. division. Um, I think, Mitch, with, with eToro, the story could change, right? And one of the things that you said was the the copycat portfolio, you know, does that really have a, a huge place, you know, in the current retail trading market where everyone wants to, you know, pick winners themselves, right? Or you follow people on Twitter and, you know, do your own. Well, once they actually allow, you know, regular trading in the U.S. of individual stocks, I think this could get a bounce. The question is, can they sustain it? What kind of marketing push will they do? How much will they spend on advertising? Who will they partner with? I mean, you're seeing Coinbase. Mitch, I just wrote about Coinbase. They partnered with Mr. Beast to be promoted in some of his videos. I mean, one of the top YouTubers. You're seeing SoFi partner with Dude Perfect, another top YouTube channel, right? These crypto and trading platforms, they're going after eyeballs. It's similar to sports betting, Mitch, almost now, where you're spending so much on customer acquisition. The question is, how do you, you know, sustain that and you know turn it into profit? So with eToro, I want to see how they're going to do their U.S. launch for stocks and how much they're going to spend doing it. I do like it. Uh, I got to say off the $10 there. But the question is, like you said, I mean, it's definitely become a battle of acquisition in here. And the problem I think really is, is that there's a lot. It's not like a little bit of, of names that are in this industry. And there's people stepping in almost every day. Um, and, and then with that being said, I mean, I think you're going to continue also seeing, I mean, the banks are going to step in here sooner or later. Um, like big banks just start stepping in because they have the money, right? I mean, they have the money to start these platforms. So I think in the long run, you're you're in a battle here in crypto to try to get everybody to go to your platform. 
Uh, long run, I would probably try to diversify with all of them because I just don't see one just knocking it out the water. Um, some people do like eToro. Some people like Coinbase. Some people like, um, what, what's the other major one? Uh, drawing a blank here, but one there's of the so things so many, is, like you said, yeah. there's so many out there. And, you know, Mitch, again, to, you know, pull the analogy to, to sports betting, one of the things you can do with all these crypto platforms is you can get your free money, right? I, I free mean, money. Where Did if you say you, free, if you sign up, you get you know fifty bucks free or a hundred bucks free. Yeah, Voyager, there's so Voyager, many. Coinbase, all of them. They all do it, right? It's customer acquisition. But again, which there one are you going to stick on? Which one are you going to put the most of your money on? You know, it, it's all about that customer retention rate, then. You mentioned banks, Mitch. That's interesting. I think the question is whether banks go in, you know, organically and create their own platforms or if the acquisitions start coming in. But I like eventually, that call. I like that call out. Yeah, so, eventually I would say acquisitions. I say what you do is you get to a certain growth period where they find it attractive. And then also the top companies are going to be fighting each other. So it's going to be more about a battle of valuation at that point. But it's interesting, right, Chris? I mean, at the end of the day, they haven't really stepped in there. But are they? And could they? Definitely have the ability. You know, All right, let's go on ahead. That, on that, Todd says NSTB. NSTB mm -hmm. is acquiring Apex Clearing. Apex Clearing is the thing behind the thing, right? They power a lot of these trading platforms. Mitch, I don't know if you've traded stocks in crypto and you've ever gotten an alert that says, you know, Apex Clearing, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's the company. They're the ones that do the transaction and help power it. And there was actually news out that PayPal wants to get into trading, right? And they were looking to partner with Apex. So NSTB, I actually am long on this one now because I think that this one is going to get more partnerships. It's going to be similar to Genie, right? Where these companies have to use their data and platform. Yeah, let's just say that at the end of the day on NSTB, it, if you really look into it, they are what you call a moneymaker. <laughs> they are what you call a moneymaker. As much as you might not like the stock for what it may stand for or what it may do, do does the revenue show up? Yes, it does. So that's one, that's one reason why I think Chris is taking a shot here is that he knows at the end of the day, the money will be there in NSTB and Apex Clearing. Um, and I think this one's just been waiting for the, the, the ticker to uh, change over. Once it becomes, I think it's going to be Apex, like literally A-P-E-X. Yeah, and if it right. becomes that, just look out. This is one that's interesting to me for sure. All right, let's go ahead. Last one I want to take a look at, and we'll do one more. Uh, INDI, not a bad one, sports Duh. So Indy is uh semiconductors. Indy mm -hmm. semiconductor. And they're um, having a good day today, semiconductors. It, so. it is. And Mitch, if you look at that one month, I mean, this thing bounced down to 850 a couple times. Uh looks like around August 4th and August mm -hmm. in the 20s. And, and both times it has gone up and followed a similar path. So uh, you tell me on this chart here, but I have liked the story with Indy for a while. Semiconductor plays are going to be a big, big story. I'm in. I'm in it to win it. That looks great. One of the things is you did get a gap up, but 
it didn't come back and fill it. It didn't even try to crack that 950. It held sideways for a couple of days. And then now what is it doing? Above 10 and holding. That's what you want to see. When we actually closed above 10, what did we get here? We got a close here. Um, zoomed in a little too much here. Uh, close there, 1028. Then we got 1049. And then we got 1073. Higher lows, higher lows, closing up higher and higher. I think it's a good stock to definitely keep on watch. If you're already in this one, hey, look out. This one could be making a move towards 12 and 13. Let's see what happens in Indy next week. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us today. Next week, yes, we're going to have a great interview on Tuesday. So stick around, guys. I'm not going to give you guys that name because I want you showing up. Like always, guys, hit the like. We'll see you next time. Next week, I'll be in the office, guys. So get tuned. We're going to do some big things. Have a great weekend, everybody.